Well, I love Mother's Day. Uh, I know every one of us have that in common. Everybody has a mom. Uh, the Lord, the Lord is good to us. You know, usually on on uh, Mother's Day, you know, we we give praise to to all the moms and about motherhood and 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 it's good and it's usually a, from a from a male perspective and you know I'm just saying from a from a dad you know I really appreciate all that my wife has done and all, you know and and it's never more apparent the need for moms in a church than when women's council rolls around and, it's, and the men have to get the kids ready for church I have never seen worse hair on little kids in my life. Uh, and it makes you appreciate it, but the moms do so much. Usually, usually, you know, you have a, a dad that, or a pastor that gets up and talks about the Beatitudes of a, of a godly woman or, or a great mom. And, but today, I thought we'd change it a little bit, and we would have two good great moms and godly women speak to you from their heart. For our first speaker today has been a pastor's wife for many years, has uh, served as a district superintendent's wife. And if, and if you're familiar with ministry, what that really means is, uh, you know, it, it's a twofer. When you get a pastor, it's two for it's two for one. You get the husband and the wife on, and it's just the way it works. And 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 our first speaker uh, has served as a pastor's wife, has served as a district superintendent's wife, has uh, raised uh, children that serve the Lord. Both of them serve the Lord full time, and so I am really pleased, and it's my honor to uh, to welcome Dale Hughes. So could you give her a hand, please? Chuck doesn't like to give me a microphone. What a journey it has been. And the journey continues. And it will continue for eternity. And that's kind of the crux of what I want to share with you today. So much on our hearts, I know for Nancy and myself, this has been an experience that we've, neither one of us have had before happen to us in all the times that we have spoken. And we're just leaving it up to the Lord. As speaking as a mother and as a grandmother, but also I want to speak to you mostly as a woman who knows Jesus Christ as her Savior and endeavors to grow in him and serve him. But first, a little bit about being a mother and a grandmother. In December, I found myself sitting in a very familiar place. 
I might need the handkerchief. <laughs> On wooden bleachers in a gymnasium watching a basketball game. And beside me, a little voice was yelling, Put your hands up, Oliver. Defense, put your hands up. Well, our four-year-old granddaughter, Emily, was really into the game. And I know she didn't understand all that was going on, but she had been at practices, and she had been at games, and she knew that was what she had heard her parents and grandparents say or yell. At this point, she was imitating us, but how precious it was. I'm working on a gift for Oliver. He's seven and a half. A collage of pictures from four generations of our family playing basketball. I have told him about the picture of my dad, his great-grandfather in high school, and stories that my dad shared with me. But Oliver has seen his granddaddy, and he has seen his dad, and he has seen his Uncle Sam play, and now he is not watching from the sidelines. He is playing in the game. He's one of them. The terminology, the plays, the rules, he has now experienced it himself. And oh my goodness, what fun it's, it is to watch. The sports and music and academics and a multitude of good and important things are a part of life to teach our children, the children in our sphere of influence. But throughout scripture, God's word to us, we are commanded to teach that which is most important, that which will influence and make the most difference in their lives. You see, Oliver is fourth generation in our family to play basketball. But there's something more in being part of generations that do the same things. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, we read about Moses exhorting, commanding the people of Israel not to forget what they have seen and experienced, the miracles, the faithfulness of the Lord their God. In verse 9 in chapter 4, it says, Do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses takes this teaching to another level. In verses 5 through 7, it's a familiar passage to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down etc. And in Matthew 22, when the Pharisees, teachers of the law, were testing Jesus, they asked, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
There are many instances through scripture that it talks about sharing with the generations. In Psalm 22, David is writing of great difficulties in his life, but he always comes around. If you notice, David always comes around in the Psalms, no matter how bad things have been. He always comes around and gives praises to God who is faithful and this is what David says in Psalm 22, verses 30 and 31. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. And they will hear about everything he has done. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, a young man, he considers his spiritual son who he has taught and trained in the truths of Jesus Christ in another familiar passage in 2 Timothy's cha Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. We have to ask ourselves, what is living in us? What can we teach? What can we tell? What can we testify to? It cannot just be what we've read about, about what we've seen in others, it must be personal. It must be our life. Or it really doesn't have any meaning. The exciting message is that Jesus has a gift for us. More than any gift you could ever get on a Mother's Day or a Father's Day. Jesus has a gift for us that enables us to do all that he is asking us to do. In John 15, Jesus said... We need to remain in him. That means we need to live in him at all times in order to have the life that has been promised to us. And in John chapter 4, when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman and he's telling her, you need to drink of this water and you'll never thirst again. But what is he saying? He's talking about a fresh bubbling spring within, which is him giving eternal life. It's not the kind of life in, in water that, was, uh, that they might have seen back then in a well that was just stagnant. They could draw water out of a well and they could drink it, but it really didn't do anything for them. Jesus is talking about a living water, a constantly moving water, a bubbling up water, a spring. And it's eternal life in which we would never thirst again for that which is most important. You know, we have voids in us which causes us to seek other things. But they're never, that void in our life is never going to be filled unless we have that spring of living water within us, the life in Jesus Christ. But also in John chapter 7, he at that point is talking about a river of life, that river of life that can come up and flow out of us, but he's talking at this point about the Holy Spirit. And what does he promise in Acts chapter 1? 
that our, his, the Holy Spirit will come upon us and give us the power <clears throat> to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, what I'm talking about today is sharing where we are, sharing all that he has for us where we are. Whether it's your own children, whether it's the children in your sphere of influence, we have a purpose. And Jesus uses us to reach them. But the thing about it is, you, in the verse that it talks about Timothy and his grandmother and his mother, you notice they're generations, but each one of them had to come to the point of finding this faith, finding this life for themselves. It is personal. We come to church, we bring our children to church, we teach our children in church, we teach them at home, all of these things. But are they seeing it in people's lives? Are they learning it in Sunday school? Are they learning it in the, all that we're teaching them, vacation Bible school, whatever opportunity there is to teach children, are they learning it because they read about it and because somebody's telling them about it, or can they see it? Oftentimes, we hear in churches people talking about, we need new Christians they're always so excited. It brings joy in our church. And sometimes we've, I've heard even said to new Christians, oh, you'll get over that. We're not supposed to get over that. That reaction, that joy, that life that comes upon someone who finds new life in Jesus Christ, it's supposed to be the normal for us. It's supposed to be that which others can see, whether wherever you are. The normal in the, our community of faith should be an ongoing joy. And Jesus has it for each of us. Life is a journey. We don't understand everything at the beginning. But all that he does for us, and like with David, all the difficulties he was, went through, he ultimately comes to the point of praising God for his faithfulness. Like we just sang, singing about the faithfulness of God. He never leaves us. His faithfulness is always there. But we must live it. We must talk about it, but we must let the power of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus prom promised to us as believers in him, bubble up and over and out on all that we come in contact with. At different times in our lives, we feel it more than others. But we should always know it and turn to it. I am grateful for the things that have been on my journey. As someone who 
has been taught to desire the things of God, but it's more than that. My greatest desire in my life is to know more of the love of God, to know more of the power that he has promised to be within me. And I have great joy in sharing that with my children, my grandchildren, my family, all others. But that's what our normal should be. I'm asking you to consider that in your hearts. What is the normal in your life as a child of God? He's there too. Enable us to do it. We can't do it on ourselves, by ourselves, on our own. We can do it through that power of the Holy Spirit, which he promised in us. But we have to acknowledge it's there and say, okay, Lord, have your way. I have to say there's much more to share, but I'm going to stop there because I asked him to give me a message for you this morning. But there is so much more. Delve into all that God has for you, ladies, men, but ladies as mothers, as grandmothers, as women of God, I'm asking you, exhorting you, delve into the riches of his glory. Dive into the ocean of his love. Access that power that gives life, that is in you to do all that he has created you to do. Remember that. He has things he created you to do. We can't do it unless we're holding on to him, living in him, seeking his presence, open to his power within us. And that is the greatest gift that you can ever, ever receive and accept from him. Nancy. That was so good. I want you to take a moment and digest that. Just kind of process it. If that's not your normal, then guys, we're not off the hook. Let's make that our new normal. Being passionate about Christ and living it out from generation to generation. Our next speaker, uh, I have to openly confess to you, I have a crush on. Uh, uh, Nancy and I have been together for a long time. We have three wonderful daughters and grandchildren. And, and uh, I can truthfully say uh, it is a partnership and I would never have been able to do anything that that worthwhile without her. She is definitely the better half. And uh, she is so sweet. That's why I have to act sour occasionally just to balance it out. That uh, uh, I, I am really excited that, that Nancy is uh, going to speak to us and we're going to hear from the Lord. So could you give Nancy a warm welcome? The new normal. Oh, I love that. We could go home right now. That was wonderful. We've heard from the Lord today. 
she was up here speaking, and I thought, oh, that is so good, and I'm going to be so homespun. And she was like a, a, an evangelist up there, up here. So, um, but I do want to take a minute to share with you. When I was a little girl back in Mayflower, Arkansas, back in the 60s, um, Mother's Day was always really special because my mom would get a beautiful corsage and we would go and get a rose to wear. And if your mom, and I don't know if this is true of the South all over, if it was just our little town, but if your mom had passed away, you would wear a white rose. And if your mom was still alive, you would wear a red one. Well, I was all upset one morning because the white rose bush had the cutest little rosebud. And I kept saying, I want to wear the white one. And my mom said, no, you need to wear the red one. So I did wear the red one that day. And um, I'm lucky or blessed because I had a good mom. I have a good mom. And she's in her 80s, and she is back in Arkansas. And she is, um, her name is Myrtle. Okay, does that tell you anything right there? Whatever you think a myrtle might be, that's what myrtle is. So, But she's a good mom, and my dad uh, has taken her all over the world doing missions, and she's always been faithful, and she's always been so good to us. And so I'm grateful. Um, I'm sorry if you didn't have a good mom. And that happens sometimes, and I don't know why. But God has a bigger plan, and his ways are so far above ours. But you know, the great thing is, is you can be the mom that you always wanted to have. So, um, I just, that, that really gets my heart when I think about that. And whenever I was uh, thinking uh, about moms, I know that some of you, your moms have already moved to heaven. And that's hard because I know you want to pick up the phone and just tell your mom, oh, hey, guess what so-and-so did today? Or, oh, I love you. Or, how do you make that gravy again? Just little things like that. So my heart goes out to you um, when we talk about our moms being in heaven already. Um, I was thinking this week, what does a mom look like? So I went to the dictionary to see, and I should have brought my tissues up here too, Dale. I know what you mean. But... um. I, I thought, what, what does the dictionary say what a mom is? And I, so the one that came up on my phone was the Urban Dictionary. Uh, you know, so, and it's, uh, I, yes, I know, we have to be careful reading the Urban Dictionary. But it said, someone who cares for children. So, but what I took at that is, it's all of the women in our church and how we all care for one another. It doesn't matter how old you get, you're still going to mother, and you're still um, going to want to be mothered. And one thing I think about is children's ministry and how important our kids are. Because I feel like how we train our children today will determine the future of the church. And we have some of the sweetest, sweetest kids out there. And today, we have three single moms out there. And I know it's hard on single moms. They go to work. They work hard. And um, they want to just have some time, too, where they can just relax. And, but they're, they're out there serving today. So God bless those moms that are out there. 
And the Bible is so clear about how we should treat children and how we should all be. And if we want to make heaven, the Bible says we have to become as children if we want to do that. But we also want to protect our kids. I, I was thinking about what the scripture that talks about if you do anything to cause a child to stray or to hurt a child, you might as well put a millstone around your neck and be thrown into the water. It's like, okay, well, that's pretty intense. I mean, I want to do that to parents sometimes, but, you know, I can't really do that. As a teacher, trust me, I really wanted to, but, um, but you know, I, 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 we don't do that. We're going to be Christian about it. So, so, but, so anyway, I was looking at the moms and the ladies in our church. And some of them are foster moms who take in those children who have been hurt. My hat's off to you. There's the single moms. There's the grandparents. There's the great-grandparents that have their kids here. My hat's off to all of you. And I'm just so thankful that we get to all work together. But I want to take just a minute and brag on all of you. I, I mean, it won't be everybody because we could be here all day. And we do have those single moms that are in the children's work, out there working. And they're going to be like, what did you do? I, I've got, I'm in a little room with these kids. And you left me. No, they're not going to do that. And then plus we have Jewel and um, Marilyn who are over with the older kids who are so sweet. I just love those gals. But I want to talk about, uh, this. you've heard this, about leaving some sparkle she leaves a little sparkle wherever she goes. And I think that's true with you ladies and how important it is when you're at church and how you minister to each other. And I've watched you and, you know, I think about the mom who's had five kids and who is still on the missions field or she's back there with the kids still, and her kids are all grown. Hey, she needs a break. She's had five kids, man. Or it's like when the Cardinals drive up in three cars. Hey, the Cardinals are here, you know. And then Jen's always, you know, giving it 110%. But all of you are, and I'm so thankful for you. But then I think about the lady in the church that um, her kids are grown, but she hears that one of the kids has had a bully take their jacket and rip the name out of the jacket. And she makes a label that fits in the jacket that it would take a jackhammer to get it out. You know, so I'm so thankful for these ladies that do those things. I'm thankful for the ones that we had a, um, a Christmas musical and she has never had kids before. And they're jumping off the risers up here, and they're running back and forth around the church. And she looked at me, and she said, what do I do? And I said, you have to love them. Oh. But, so, but it still worked out. Um, I think about the great-grandma who brings her grandchildren in every week so that they can hear about the, the word of God. I think about whenever we have summer camp Sunday, and I call up and say, hey, can we have a paint class? And they're like, yeah, 
And then they put tarps over the, all the walls in the room and on the floor because it's like, what is she thinking? They're going to have paint everywhere. And, and, and they willingly do that. Or we have a bake sale. And you guys bake all the food. And then you go back through the line and you give $100 for a cupcake. You know, it, you just give, give, give. The ladies of this church are amazing. They're just amazing. And I'm so happy to get to be here with you and to be a part of this wonderful group. And I know God has something special. I, I think that a mother's prayers hold so much weight. And I think God has a special place for them. I don't know if there's a scripture for that. Is there a scripture for that? I don't know. But that's according to the book of Nancy right there. So, <laughs> And you do so many things. You just do so much. So thank you. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the good things you do. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for taking care of the children, thank you for taking care of the teens. Thank you for taking care of the college students. And then as we get older, there's always going to be somebody there a little bit older. And they're going to encourage us. I think about um, March. March is in her 90s. And she's here every chance she gets. And she always has a kind word to say. I think about Clara. She can't be here with us, but she is with us in prayer, which is so important, which is touching heaven. But yet she'll send her notes out to someone if they're in a class. Here, I thought maybe these would help you with your studies. I, just, I love that. I totally love that. The Lord is so good, and he's so gracious, and he gives so much to each one of us. And, what, and then the word that you have to say to somebody is so important. And the touch, sometimes maybe you don't have anything that you want to say, but you walk by and you touch them on the arm. And it can mean so much. Our first Sunday here, we were um, helping serve communion. I've been a pastor's wife for a hundred years. And so, but you know what? I was still nervous. I was still really nervous. And so I'm standing there by my husband, and people were coming around. And one sweet lady came up, and she touched the side of my arm and gave me a pat. She didn't say anything. She just patted me. But it touched me. And I felt like that was the Lord saying, I'm here. I've got you. So you just don't know how much power you carry in your words, your deeds. So thank you. Thank you so much. And sometimes we try to make things difficult as moms. We want our kids to have the best. We do. We really do. We work hard for them. We work night and day. But all they want is to have us and our attention. And so with Christ, as Dale was talking to us about the things that we're talking about at the table and what we're leaving with them, that's what's so important. I, 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 I have to put, reel myself back in sometimes and think, what are you doing? This is what's important right here, and it's what counts. So ladies, thank you. Um, we have a little video we're going to show right now, and um, 
I, I, and Dale was right. I talked to her a couple of times early on when we knew that we were going to speak. And I said, oh, you know, what scripture? She would ask me, what scriptures are you using? And so, um, and then we would talk about the thought a little bit. But then a couple of days ago, I sent her a text and I said, Dale, I have spoken at ladies' retreats, ladies' luncheons. I usually have a PowerPoint. I usually have a really nice notebook with page protectors and all the pages in there. So that, and then I've practiced before, but it just was not coming to me that way. And Dale said, you know, I'm experiencing the same thing. She said, we're going to let the Spirit lead us and guide us on what we need to say. So thank the Lord. Dale, that was awesome. Thank you. What's our new normal? I love that. We're going to share this video with you. Love all of you. Thank you, ladies. You're all so special. You're all so kind. I know you're there at the drop of a hat. It's, um, I have one. I have three daughters. We have three daughters. <laughs> we have three daughters, and we still have one in California. She attends a church. And I hope there's people like you that are speaking into her life because I'm not there. I have to hope that. And then my grandson's life and my granddaughter, I hope that. Jesse and I were in France for a period of time and our granddaughter had to have surgery, Emma, and we weren't there. But you know what? A dear friend in the church was there and stayed at the hospital, went to the hospital, was there. It means so much. You guys are just awesome. I, mean, I could stay up here and talk forever, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going um, to have a seat, but we're going to watch this video.